The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org.
Um, it's a few minutes after six. Our chair has uh, announced that she'll be absent and the vice chair is uh, temporarily delayed. We hope to see him soon. Meanwhile, uh, welcome to the July 27th, 2022 Zoning Board of Appeals meeting. I'm Dave DeVarty, uh, substituting for the vice chairperson of the Zoning Board of Appeals, Chris Fraley. I've been the vice chair before, so I've done this, not elegantly, but hopefully I can move the meeting along efficiently. The Zoning Board of Appeals is a nine-person volunteer board nominated by the mayor and approved by city council. First, we will hear from planning services represented by John Barrett and the city staff. Then the applicant or their representative will make their presentation. Applicants will have five minutes in which to make their presentation. Staff will keep time and announce when 30 seconds are remaining. Public comment is available in person or remotely. We will first call on individuals present to address the board and then remote participants. To speak during a public hearing or during public comment remotely, press star nine if listening by phone or use the raise hand feature if viewing through the web link. For phone access, call 877-853-5247. That's 877-853-5247 and enter meeting ID 9381648-1007. That's 9381648-1007. City staff will select callers that have raised their hand using the last three digits of their phone number or by name if available for those accessing through the web link. You will hear an automated announcement that the host is allowing you to speak. When speaking, please move to a quiet area and mute any television or background sounds. Also, introduce yourself by name and address if appropriate. We may ask questions of either the city or the applicant. We will acknowledge any written comments received by the board. We will allow an appearing party to express their support or objections. The board will then discuss the appeal and formulate a motion to approve the appeal. Five affirmative votes of the board will be required for an appeal to be granted. Finally, any qualified party to who, aggrieved, who, who is aggrieved by a decision of the board can appeal that decision to the Washtenaw County Circuit Court on a timely basis. I'll call the roll. Candace Briere is not here. Mike Daniel. Here. Dave DeVardi. I'm here. Chris Madigan. Here. Julia Good. Here. Chris Fraley. Not. Oh. Okay. You're, you're in. You're taking my spot. Todd Grant. Elizabeth Nelson. Here. Okay. Thank we, you very much we have, for we your have attention. Chris, you're in. Oh, yes, vacant. Yes. We have a quorum. We, oh, we have a quorum. Thank you. Certainly. <laughs> Please forgive me all. I did drive to, from Lansing today. It was longer than expected. 
And I don't have your phone number correctly okay. in my phone. Ah. Give me a quick second here. So I did all this. All right. And we'll do the agenda. That's the next one. Item of business. Approval of the agenda. Approval of the agenda. We have one modification to the agenda. Um, the Valhalla. The first item. No, ZBA 22-2009-107 Valhalla yeah. is postponed. Okay. I move that we approve the agenda with the minor change of postponing the item three, 107 Valhalla Drive. Can I have a second? Can I uh, just question? Yeah. Um, since the, the final uh, variance request tonight was uh, is a parking request similar to Valhalla, was there a discussion with them about postponing the same way as Valhalla was, or is it worthwhile? I don't know, to at least offer them the opportunity um, since Valhalla asked to postpone for because they believe that you know the parking regulations will be changed here in the next month. That's, that's up to the applicant yeah. okay. if they choose to. Um, but I think they want to go to the Planning Commission on August 3rd, so uh, they want to go through with this tonight. Okay. So I'll support the motion then. We have support. Uh, let's, uh, do we have a movement to approve the minutes? Uh, well, first we need to vote on the. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, That's just a voice vote, I think. Or is that a voice or roll call? Uh, it's a voice. I believe approval of the agenda is a voice. Yep. yep. It is. Yep. Okay. And uh, Mike Daniel. Well, we're not going to do a roll call. We're right. Gonna we're gonna, can we have a vote? Can I see hands? Just all those in favor. All those in favor. Aye. Aye. All those against. All right. We have approval. All right. Um, is this a full <laughs> approval of the minutes? Is that okay? We have up next approval of the minutes. Do we have? There we are. That's what I'm missing. Do I? Yeah, I don't have that. Do I, can I have one of these? Go ahead and Do we have a movement uh, for approval of the minutes? So moved. Devardi moves approval of the minutes. Can I have a second? Support. Support. Very good. All in favor, say aye. 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 In, against? And we have passage. <clears throat> Moving on to public hearings. Item 22-1284. Mr. Barrett. 
I'm John Barrett, Zoning Coordinator for the City of Ann Arbor. The first petition before us this evening is ZBA 22-2012. The address is 521 South 4th Avenue. Yishuan Shen, property owner, is requesting relief from Section 5.32.2, alteration to a non-conforming structure to construct a new residential unit that will be attached to an existing unit at the back of the property. A variance of 10 feet on the east side of the lot and a 15 foot variance on the south side of the property from section 5.20.4 conflicting land use buffer is required. The property has three separate buildings that each contain a residential unit. The existing back unit does not meet the rear and side setbacks. The proposed dwelling will contain six bedrooms and six bathrooms. The new residents will meet the setbacks for the district. The property is owned R4C multiple family dwelling district. The subject property is located on the east side of South 4th Avenue, due south of Packard Street. The property has three separate dwelling units, addressed as 521, 523, and 525 South 4th Avenue, and a detached garage located on the parcel. The subject dwelling unit was constructed in approximately 1915 and is a three-bedroom, two-story home. The owners are proposing to convert the existing three-bedroom, one-bath, rental to a six bedroom, two and a half bath unit. The project proposal also includes an addition to the north and west that will accommodate a six bedroom, six bath unit attached to the existing dwelling. If you'll turn your attention to the monitors. The first slide is the zoning map showing the location of the subject property, highlighted in yellow in the center of the screen. You see it's just south of Packard Street. The next slide is the aerial photo showing surrounding neighborhoods and existing conditions. And the next slide is the zoomed in aerial photo showing three separate dwelling units. One here, one there, one in the back and the detached garage. The next slide is the survey that was submitted with the application. And you see the existing structure um, does not meet the side and the rear setbacks. The next slide shows the survey that was on the previous screen up top, and then the bottom of the survey shows in the gray portion the proposed footprint for the new proposed unit that'll be a fourth unit on the property um, containing the six bedrooms and six bathrooms. And that's where um, this structure will need an alteration to a non-conforming structure along with the variance for the club along the east side of the property and the south side of the property. The next slide shows the existing uh, structure at the back, which is the three bedroom. You see the two bedrooms on the main floor right here and then the third bedroom in the attic. They're proposing to increase the um, capacity in the attic with additional bedrooms, which will uh, trigger the alteration of the non-conforming structure. The next slide shows the new proposed plan for the unit, for unit, uh, the existing unit, the six bedrooms. The next slide shows the um, proposal for the, uh, the new unit.
The next slide shows the elevations existing for the existing structure and the proposed elevations for the new structure. These are the photos that I took at the property when I was on, the, uh, on site. You see the existing two uh, units up front facing uh, South 4th Avenue. Looking down the driveway to on the north side of the property. This is the existing structure that's um, proposing to, you know, the alteration to convert more habitable space in the attic to create a six bedroom unit. And then they're going to attach a fourth unit to this existing structure. This is the detached garage that's on site that was on the survey. This is looking at the area where part of the, this is the existing back unit where part of the new uh, addition will be adjacent to it. This is looking at the um, other side of the property uh, with the detached garage and the backs of the two front units that face 4th, 4th Street, 4th Avenue. This is adjacent property directly next door, parking lot that's uh, in the back of the property. That's to the north. This is looking down the, back down the driveway to the properties across the street on the other side of 4th Avenue on the west side. This is directly the property adjacent to the subject property directly to the north. And this uh, multifamily property to the south of the subject property. So just in summary, real quick, we have an alteration to an existing non-conforming structure because they're going to be increasing the capacity within the interior and the attic, expanding that. And it's a non-conforming structure because it doesn't meet the side set, the rear setback or the side setback. And then we have a variance for the club because they required a 15 foot conflicting land use buffer, which they can't meet over here because they only have roughly five feet back here. So they're asking for the 10 foot variance on this side and then an eight foot variance along this side for the club on this side. So you have a variance for the club and an alteration to the existing non-conforming structure. That concludes my presentation and I will take any questions that you may have at this time. Do we have any questions? Mr. Duverdi? You said a club, what, what's that mean? The conflicting land use buffer. Okay. They have to install oh, okay. a vegetative buffer to the adjacent property. I was property. thinking, are they doing like a club there? No, 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 no. <laughs> Not. Okay, I got it. <laughs> Any other questions? I just want to confirm, like, we, um, there is no change in the footprint. This is all the same footprint. Well, there, for, the, for the existing non-conforming structure, the yeah. footprint will not change. Okay. For to expand from a three bedroom to a six bedroom. Gotcha. Cause they're going to be going, but they're going to be going into the um, attic and changing that. So right. anytime you increase your capacity in the attic or the, right, right, right. the um, basement, that requires an alteration. But this footprint right here, this gray footprint, uh -huh. that's going to be an increase in the existing footprint because they're doing an addition, which meets all the setbacks. Right. Okay. But they're adding this unit. It's a fourth unit. Gotcha. And so once they add this fourth unit, they don't have to site plan any longer, but they do have to meet other provisions of the ordinance. And one of them is that club, um, the construction land use buffer, which they don't, they can't install here.
because they only have five feet and they have to have 15. So that's the reason for the 10 foot variance on the east side. And then I um, misspoke, they need the whole 15 foot variance along this south side because the garage and this structure up here are on basically on the property line. So they can't install a club on the south or the east. Okay. That's the reason for the, right. the variance for the club. Can you, can you show us again in your slide presentation what is on the, um, what would it be, the east side? The, the, what's the view from the east side of the property? Right there. So wait, is that, are you facing east or west in that? I'm facing east. And so this house is about five feet off that eastern property line. And you have some trees and some vegetation, and then you have another um, properties that face. Um, right, right, right. After the third. Okay. Gotcha. So wait, so I'm not looking at an alley. That looks like an alley. No, this is the interior of the property. No, I mean behind, beyond the house. That like you're, where you're close to where your cursor is now. Whoops. So here's. This oh, it's a parking here. lot. It's a parking lot for the properties um, over here. Um, gotcha. On okay. 5th Street. I said 3rd, 5th. Here's 4th, oh. here's 5th. These gotcha. properties face there. That's the, their parking areas in the back. And then this subject property. Why is it a conflicting land use? Because that's required for, um, we've gone through this before. I know, I know. It's, like, it's required for single and two family and our right. multifamily properties. Oh, it's between single family and multifamily? That's the conflicting, those are the conflicting We require uses. between multifamily and multifamily, so it doesn't matter. It's oh all, my gosh, it's okay. All for all new development. Yep. All right, I'm done with questions. <laughs> <laughs> so, but both the east and south are multifamily uses adjacent to this property, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, Any other questions? I'm sorry. Any other questions? Uh, good point. Or do we have other questions from the, the board? All right. Uh, if the applicant would step up, you have five minutes to present your your proposal. And if you'd state your name, please. So, I'm Scott Clausen with Dunright Contracting. Um, I'll be the contractor on the project. This forward and Kevin Brandon. With BMK Design and Planning, um, 54048 Mount Road, Shelley Township. So, as usual, John did a great job of explaining uh, the process thoroughly. Um, and I'd just like to, to add, or not really add, but I guess restate that the new structure we're putting on is actually back within the setbacks and the clubs and all, all that stuff. But because we're adding to it, I guess it makes the whole property now have to meet it. So that's one of the issues that we're having. We're not expanding the current building into any any farther into the set, setbacks. We're staying within that footprint of that. So the add-on is actually kind of going where the white car was in the picture when you were asking which direction he was facing. Right in that, yeah, right in that area where the uh, blue trash is and to the uh, to the north and a little bit to the uh, to the west uh, in front of those cars. And even on the uh, the south side, I believe, uh, where the, the club is required, I think, it, John, if you I keep going, is there a photo of the southern home? Um, 
That's garage. facing it's south a, right okay, there. Okay, yeah, if you yeah, if you see that, that that is a garage over there. Our garage that we have here is adjacent to the garage of the southern property as well. So that is a, a parking lot there as well on the south side. So, um, you know, like I said, you know, like Scott said, John did a great job, and we're here to answer any questions. That's it. If you have any questions for us. Yep. So are any of the, um, I guess, marked off parking spots going away? Uh, no. All the parking that's remain, that is there is going to remain. We're not eliminating any parking spaces. That's what I thought. Yeah, just double checking. I think there's about six parking spaces right there right now. We looked at eliminating the garage to increase, but um, that would cause some other issues with stormwater management, et cetera. So we kept the garage, and there's actually two spaces in there that we can use, uh, Ms. Shen can use to, uh, for, for her uh, tenants. Great. And we haven't even included those parking. Those, the parking in that garage is not even included, but it, it will be in our count. Awesome. Thank you. Any other questions? All right, we'll move on to public comment. Um, this is an opportunity for persons, for members of the public to speak to the Zoning Board of Appeals for three minutes. Uh, we will first call on individuals present to address the board, then remote participants. To speak during this public hearing remotely, press nine if listening by phone or use the raise hand feature of viewing through the web link. For phone access, call 877-853 5247 and enter meeting ID 938-1648-1007. City staff will select callers that have raised their hand using the last three digits of their phone number or by name if available for those accessing through the web link. You will hear an automated announcement that the host is allowing you to speak. When speaking, please move to a quiet area and mute any television or background sound so that we may hear you clearly. For, uh, for either method of participation, please state your name and address at the beginning of your comments. Is there anyone present that would like to speak at this time? And do we have anyone remotely? There don't appear to be any callers. Very good. Um, at this point, we're, we're, okay. Okay. have we received any written communications on this? We have not. Okay. Um, did you, Mr. Devardi, did you want to bring anything up? I was going to suggest um, separating out the alteration because there, there are different standards that apply. Uh, separate out the alteration as one vote and the variance as a second vote. So I would move that we separate those two issues since they are affected by different standards. You have separate motions too. Uh, do I have separate motions here? Yes, you should. So should I just uh, make the motion separately? Sure. As opposed to, okay, I'll do that. So I'm ready to make the motion. Uh, Mr. DeVarty, go ahead. I'm going to do the alteration first. Uh, the ZBA 22-2012, 521 South 4th Avenue, alteration to a non-conforming structure. The Zoning Board of Appeals hereby grants relief from Section 5.32.2 
alteration to a non-conforming structure to allow construction of a new unit that will be attached to an existing dwelling at the rear of this property. The new dwelling will contain six bedrooms and bathrooms and will meet the setbacks for the district. The new construction is to be built for the submitted plans. That doesn't sound right. Is that speaking to the whole new unit, new construction? Is that accurate? It seems to be speaking to a whole new unit. Uh, the, the, the alteration is the second page. Yeah, that's what I read. Well, the, John, what? is that the way you read that? That's the for that's the the second the existing unit will be converted to six bedrooms. The existing there, unit yep. will be converted to six bedrooms. Yeah, but it's and, this, it's and then the new, the new, new unit, unit will be six bedrooms as well. But this okay the alter I view the alteration as the added, not the addition of the new unit. Correct. They're both going to go to six though. So this one's existing is also going to six. I understand that, but that should not be part of the alteration motion. Right. Well, then just take that off and just say the existing okay. the existing dwelling unit that will be converted to a six bedroom, two bath unit, two and a half bath unit. Okay, so I'm going to re reread, starting from the top. ZBA 22-2012, 521 South Fourth Avenue, alteration to a non-conforming structure. The Zoning Board of Appeals hereby grants relief from Section 5.32.2, alteration to a non-conforming structure, to allow an existing dwelling at the rear of the property to be converted to six bedrooms by converting two and a half bathrooms. Two and a half bathrooms. Period. Are we clear on the motion? Yeah, I'm seconding it. And I have support, but I want to make sure we're clear on the motion. Are you satisfied? I'm going to rework this and give it to our staff person. But you're good with what you've read? Yes. Okay. And I have support. Um, all in favor of the uh, alteration? Roll call. You got to do individual uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Thank you. Sorry. Uh, Candace Brewer is not here. Mike Daniel? Yes. Dave Devardi? Yes. I vote yes. Elizabeth Nelson? Yes. Chris Madigan? Yes. And Julie Good? Yes. All right, the alteration passes. Moving to the second part, which is the variance. Would you like, are you, do you want to read that also? Uh, sure, let me finish this here. All right. And we will have a quick intermission. Mr. Devardi writes things down. Or if someone else can give a motion if they want. Uh, I can take a motion from someone else on that if we want to do that. Keep moving. I'm, we're already running long. Do I have a motion for the variance? And are you reading? It's the first page, the variance, or the uh, 
alterations on the second page. Okay, I could do it. All right, go ahead, Mr. Devardi. Based on the following findings, and in or ZBA 22-2012-521 South 4th Avenue. Based on the following findings and in accordance with the established standards for approval, the Zoning Board of Appeals hereby grants a variance of 10 feet on the east side of the lot and a 15-foot variance on the south side of the property from Section 520.4 Conflicting Land Use Buffer. A new six-bedroom unit is to be built per the submitted plans connected to the rear structure on the, on the property. I have a motion. Do I have support? Second. I'll support it. Mr. Madigan. Uh, and vote, we're voting. Candace, we're here. Paul, we need, we need discussion. Oh, um, yes. I'm sorry. I, I do not have a full rundown of how what the order is and I'm out of practice uh, can we have discussion yes. so we're supposed to do with discussion before we read the motion but <laughs> well it doesn't matter <laughs> Fair, yeah that's fine <laughs> As far as I can see, this does not meet most of the criteria that we have established for granting a variance. I agree with uh, my uh, fellow commissioner, uh, Ms. Good. There is no practical difficulty um, that will result. Uh, there is no substantial inconvenience or anything uh, from not granting this. Conditions and circumstances, the proposed variants are not, or self-imposed practical difficulty. A variance shall be the minimum variance that will make po possible a reasonable use of the land or structure. That's not met. There's already a reasonable use of the land. And the granting of the alteration is increasing the uh, capacity of uh, the structure, one of the structures that exists on the land. As far as I can see, can see, I don't see any of these being met. Chris, you've got the, uh, on the left. I'm sorry, <laughs> Elizabeth. Um, well, I guess I, I'm, I'm sympathetic to the situation because isn't, isn't the idea that um, the conflicting land use buffer is automatically, that requirement is automatically triggered with any changes and the, the actual addition that they're making is not, is not in the buffer, right? Or is it? Because, because, so in order for them to comply and make this addition, would be, they would have to like 
rip down part of the structure and I, I mean I, I guess are we saying that because this is non-conforming and it's violating the land use buffer they would not ever be able to add to the footprint because that immediately triggers the club requirement so it's sort of frozen in time and we can never add a housing unit there I mean if we that just I, it almost it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me it seems to me like um, adding that unit it is worthwhile and if their only option to meet the standard is to like I, I, I guess I, I, it seems to me that the standard is, is met insofar as that it's impossible for them to add anything without immediately triggering this requirement and the requirement is impossible to meet without tearing down the structure. Uh, so uh, I, I agree with everything you said. I also think that uh, a few things to consider. Uh, this is not, some communities view the granting of variances differently uh, than it's being applied tonight. Uh, in the community I work for, as an example, additions to nonconforming structures do not require variances so long as the additions themselves or the changes themselves are complying uh, with our current regulations, which this one seems to do. Um, it, it seems like an unfair and burdensome expectation uh, for a clearly non-conforming structure that I assume was conforming under a different set of standards to add a, a portion that is conforming to our regulations and punish them for being five feet from a parking lot um, on the other side. And then just kind of separately from the standards, I, I think that the club regulations are regressive uh, and, and fairly demeaning to people who live in multifamily homes. Um, I live in an apartment. I, I'm not a bad neighbor. I don't think that extra vegetation and space should be required between me and my housing unit and, and a single family housing unit or a two family housing unit. Um, I, I view Ann Arbor as a place that values, you know, inclusivity and, and has a lot of progressive ideals. And this seems to fly in the face of all of those. Um, if we're saying that people who live in certain type of housing need to be set back further with more buffering just because of the style of housing units. So I'm going to support this because I can't, I can't vote to, to uphold something like that. Any other comments? Mr. Vardy? Well, I'd like to respond to both of these things. Um, unfortunately, we're applying the standards that we have in this community, not the uh, commissioner Madigan has in the community he works for. Um, additionally, the we've already granted an alteration to a non-conforming structure. This is not set in um, concrete that they can't make changes. The changes just have to be within the existing uh, lot or the footprint, and this goes substantially beyond the existing footprint. And that's what's triggering this variance request. Um, I have to vote against it. And there have been so many times we've voted against variances that are way smaller than this. And, you know, if, if there was some injustice being done to the owners that they couldn't use the property, in fact, make it more 
useful, add more bedrooms, increase the income potential from the property. Um, maybe I would understand your, uh, what you're talking about, but I'm, I'm going to apply the standards that we have to live with and that we've applied time and time again for the several years I've been on this board. Uh, Mike McDaniel. <laughs> so, uh, appreciate everyone's perspective as always on this. Uh, very much compelled by uh, Commissioner Nelson and Commissioner Madigan on this. I think Commissioner Nelson's point about the uniqueness of this lot where if anything's built because of where the other structures are located, right? This is a unique lot in that we have multiple different structures on the same lot. We don't typically see it. I don't remember seeing a, any, a single example of this in my six plus years on this board. So I will say having, I don't know every lot in the city, but this is fairly unique from what I've seen in my six years on this board. Um, and given the fact that if they try to build anything within the other footprint because of where the other units are located, they, to Commissioner Nelson's point, would have to tear stuff down to be able to build. Um, and with, and I'm very compelled by Commissioner Madigan's points about this type of zoning. Um, I'm going to be, I'm going to be supporting this variance. Any other comments? I don't disagree with anything that was said, but I kind of feel like, I mean, there's a lot or a number of pieces of the existing zoning law that I don't like, but I don't think it was my role as a commissioner to vote according to my likes. It was my duty as a commissioner to vote according to the current rules. So I feel I the only thing I'll say is our whole, the whole purpose of our board is to give exceptions to the zoning rules. <laughs> Literally the only reason we're here is to give exceptions to the zoning rules. If, if we had to apply the, sure, right, right. But to the broader point is we are, everything we vote on is an exception to the rules in, in every case. But I understand what you're saying. If I could just add two comments. Um, and if you're looking for a hardship, I just would say that, um, these structures were built 100 years ago, way before this, these ordinances were put into place. These it was built in 1915. One of the structures on the south side actually is over the property line. And so to Elizabeth's point, it's, it's true we'd have to tear these structures down in order to build a club. Um, so with that being said, uh, if you're looking for a hardship, that would truly be a hardship that these structures were built over 100 years ago prior to the ordinance being in place. And then also, I you're thinking about installing clubs and buffering from adjacent uses that are the same type of uses. So they, um, that's just one other thought that, you know, is, is there for why, why we installing clubs are mandatory for buffering from like uses. Are there any, any other discussion points? I believe at this point uh, we've had discussion. We can move on to a motion. Motion was made. Motion. It has been made. Right. Okay. Do we have support? Second. Was Madigan. And what? Okay. Right. We roll did that already. Out of order. Uh, then let's take a roll call. We have support for that. Uh, Candace Rear. I'm sorry, she's not here. Mike Daniel. Yes. 
Dave Devardi. Devardi, no. Chair votes no. Commissioner Nelson? Yes. Commissioner Madigan? Yes. Commissioner Good? No. It would appear the request is denied. denied. I'm sorry. The request is denied. Yes. If five affirmative, they get three. Right. So the request is denied. So moving to the next petition. And we will officially comment or make the the voice that this was been uh, denied. I'm sorry. Moving on. tonight, 22-1287, 413 South Division Street. Mr. Barrett, please. ZBA 22-2013, 413 South Division Street. Chris and Dennis Vessels, property owners, are requesting relief from section 5.32.2, alteration to a non-conforming structure, to create habitable living space in the basement of a six-unit, seven-bedroom rental home on three floors of living space. The renovation project will reduce the number of units from six units to four units while increasing the number of bedrooms to 20. The property is zoned R4C, multiple family dwelling district, and is non-conforming for lot area, lot width, and setbacks. The subject property is located on the east side of South Division Street, due south of East William Street. The structure is the northern property from the University of Michigan's Institute of Social Research. The residence was constructed in 1901 and is approximately 2,955 square feet in size. The proposed construction will create, create unit one in the basement containing five bedrooms and three bathrooms. Unit two is to be located on the first floor as a six bedroom, three bathroom unit. Unit three will be on the second floor and consist of six bedrooms and three bathrooms also. The third story will house unit four with three bedrooms and two bathrooms. All renovations will take place within the current envelope of the home, and there will be no changes to the length, width, or height of the building. Energy efficiency will be upgraded significantly with spray foam insulation and high energy, high efficiency appliances while bringing the building up to all modern building codes. The owners plan to add bicycle parking spaces and an outdoor public bicycle pump station. The pump station will be available for all users of the adjacent Division Street Bikeway. So if you remember uh, in May, this same property came before us and the um, alteration was um, not granted. And so they've reapplied and um, it's up to the board to vote whether they wanna hear this uh, case this evening or not, whether there's been uh, significant changes or changes to the application. Uh, so you have a um, this was a, this short, a short presentation for this site. 
based on the fact that we've seen it before? Well, at this point, before we go any further, I think we should you should decide whether there's been a significant change to the application and whether it's, you want to hear this uh, this petition again. I believe we'd need to move to not not hear the petition then, correct? No. Just a voice to side? There would be discussion whether you guys think that this would be heard this evening. Is it, what are the changes? The, the they, bike they've added uh, community benefits with a bicycle parking spaces and a, a pump station in the front yard. So that's the only change they've made? That's correct. I have a question. Do we, does it typically work that way that they offer a public benefit to justify an exception that's, for the ZBA? That's for the ZBA to decide whether they feel like this application has uh, changes. Because it doesn't, I mean, I don't even see that in the worksheet, like the idea of a public benefit. I don't see how that's relevant. Comment, Ms. Uh, Commissioner Good? Um, I'm a little lost because I wasn't at that meeting. So if somebody, could, it was voted down, sure. denied to get alteration, which seems yes. a so right. we, this item came for us in May. There were only five commissioners at that meeting. The vote was four to one. So it did, we, we have to have the, the minimum of five votes. It was denied. Um, and this is a reapplication for that. So it's, it's the, the alteration itself, the number of bedrooms seems to be the same other than the addition of the bike. and. I, I, I will, yeah, I will say, right, one of our criteria for non-conforming is that it will not have a detrimental effect on the neighboring property. I think having more bicycle parking could be argued to have less of a detrimental effect. So to me, this is a different, a different application. I would be happy to reconsider it. The question stands. Shall we reconsider? I guess I'd take a voice vote. Should, All in do favor. A, do a roll call. Do I want a roll call yep. on that? Yep. Okay. Commissioner Daniel. Yes to reconsider. Commissioner Navardi. No. Commissioner Fraley says yes. Commissioner Nelson. Yes. Commissioner Madigan? Yes. Commissioner Good? Yes. We will reconsider this. So if you turn your attention to the monitors, the first slide shows the um, location map. The subject property is highlighted in yellow in the center of your screen. You see uh, Division Street and William Street. The next slide is the neighborhood map showing uh, surrounding properties and existing conditions. And the next slide is the zoomed in aerial photo of the subject property. <coughs> this is the survey and some um, photos of the existing structure that was submitted by the applicant. Uh, another survey that was submitted by the applicant. These are the floor plans uh, that were submitted by the applicant, the existing first floor plan. 
the existing second floor plan, existing third floor plan, and the existing basement plan, which is just a non-habitable space currently. These are the floor plans that were submitted for the new unit. You see um, new first floor. It's going to be converted to a six-bedroom unit on the first floor. The new second floor, apartment number three, will be another six-bedroom unit. And new third floor will be at unit four. And the new basement is unit number one. So reducing from six units down to four units. These are the photos of the property. When I took my inspection, you see the front facade of the structure. This is the next slide looking down the driveway. The next slide showing the rear of the existing property. And this is the back of the property, the parking area, and abutting, you see the abutting property to the um, east. More of the rear of the property, the parking lot. This is the property directly to the north, the multifamily property adjacent on the north side, and the University of Michigan property on the south side. That concludes my presentation. I'll take any questions that you have at this time. Does the board have any questions? Commissioner Good. Is, is there a method for the building department to ensure that they do the bike? You know, like station that they're proposing as a community benefit? So we will, um, when they submit the plans and it goes through the zoning review, the zoning uh, and planning review will make sure that the, um, that the community benefit that they're promising will be installed as part of the building permit. Any other questions? Yeah, a quick question. How many bedrooms exist now? Um, or I could ask the developer that. Because uh, that's not on there. Seven bedrooms now. So they're going from seven to 20. Correct, on the but reducing the number of units. So. If there are no other questions, uh, will the applicant please step forward? Hello, can you hear me? We can hear you. Okay, perfect. Thanks a lot for your consideration once again on this property. I really do appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, so the interior is exactly the same as it was back when we presented this in May. Um, it's going down to four units. Um, it's going to have a five-bedroom, three-bathroom unit in the basement, which there's no living space there currently. Six-bedroom, three-bath on both the first and the second floor, and then three bedrooms and two baths on the top floor as well. Um, it's going to be, you know, you know, fully gutted. Everything's going to go up uh, to the most high-efficiency, uh, you, know, you know, appliances, and it's going to have new electric, new plumbing. Everything's going to be completely upgraded. It's going to be a way more healthy environment for, for the applicants or for the tenants. And um, just, just everything about it, it's going to be way more user-friendly. User Everyone's going to have their own washer-dryer in their unit. 
Um, you know, it's not going to be it's not going to be people sharing bathrooms, and so it's just just overall, it's going to be a much much upgraded property. And in this location, right downtown, prime location, I, I think we uh, everyone deserves it. it. You know, it's just going to be better for everyone on the whole. Um, and then also, what we are proposing, like like John had mentioned, is that to give you know one of the issues last time um, was that it didn't have any community benefit. So what we wanted to do was we wanted to to give it some. And it's right on the beautiful new Division Street bikeway. They just did all the new paint for it. It's really, really user-friendly. It's a great uh, great addition to downtown. We wanted to uh, add in a public bicycle pump, you know, one of the ones that uh, can withstand all the elements. And um, it's for use for anyone on there. There, there. there isn't one that currently exists. I know there's one currently in front of the library, which is around the corner in William Street. But, you know, if you had a blowout of your tire or something like that, uh, that would still be a little bit farther than you'd want to walk if, you know, if there's a pump right nearby in division. So, and also we want to add some bicycle rings there, which um, they wouldn't create any any impenetrable surface there. So water would still still be able to drain into the earth. And um, there's a way we can anchor it into the ground so it can be used, but you know, it, it doesn't create any kind of burden on the property or anything like that as well. Um, but property significantly upgraded, like I said, high efficiency windows, everything's going to be done top of the line. And um, it, it, it will be quite, quite, quite a substantial improvement over what's there. And we're, we're certainly happy to propose this. So um, I think because we've already presented it in May, there are no other things for me to talk about, but um, I'm happy to take any more questions if anyone has them. Do the board have any questions? Yeah. Uh, Commissioner Nelson. How, how much, are, do you have an estimate of how much you're investing to make this bicycle pump station? Um, so so I, I did, I sent along a, a, you know, kind of an example of what we could do. So the pump station itself is about $1,000, give or take. And then, you know, the rings, it depends how many we can fit in there. And that's also something we'll have to, to speak to the building department on when we're going for the full approval on here. We'll, we're obviously going to put as much bicycle parking in as, as we possibly can. Um, and, you know, those are probably a couple hundred dollars for both installation and buying the parts. Um, you know, and it just depends on how much we can actually get, get you know, properly fitted into, into the front of the property. And if, if we can put more in the rear, so there, there's going to be, you know, there's going to be a reworking of the fire escape. So it's going to be more in the middle of the property, which will actually pull it out of the setbacks on the side, which is which is also something that, you know, I'm sure uh, the neighbor might appreciate as well. Um, but if we can add more bicycle parking in the rear once we go to actually get this approved, that's something that we're, we're completely on board with doing. Um, you know, 20 occupants right on the bikeway. There's going to be, you know, we, we are going to encourage everyone to to use bicycle as much as possible, especially in this downtown location. So we're going to do everything possible to make sure that happens. Are the bike racks going to have a shelter over them? Um, you know, that's that's something we can certainly do. Um, but what one one thing I was trying to shy away from is we didn't want to pour any additional concrete. And usually if you were going to have a shelter like that, you'd probably want to pour a slab there as well. So I, I think we were trying to shy away from that. But, you know, if that's something that we see some demand for, we, we certainly have no issue with doing it. Thanks. No other questions? All right. We'll move into public comment. This is an opportunity for persons, for members of the public to speak to Zoning Board of Appeals for three minutes. We will first call on individuals present to address the board, then remote participants. 
To speak during this public hearing remotely, press 9 if listening by phone or use the raise hand feature if viewing through the web link. For phone access, call 877-853-5247 and enter meeting ID 938-1648-1007. City staff will select callers that have raised their hand using the last three digits of your phone number or by name if available for those accessing th uh, through the web link. You'll hear an automated announcement that the host is allowing you to speak. When speaking, please move to a quiet area and mute any television or background sounds so that we may hear you clearly. For either method of participation, please state your name and address at the beginning of your comments. Is there anyone present that would like to speak? Is there anyone that would like to address the board remotely? There don't appear to be any callers. All right, let's move on to uh, commissioner comments. Do we have any? Commissioner Nelson. Actually, I think I, I'd like Dave to speak first. I want to hear what Dave has to say. <laughs> <laughs> this is an alteration to a non-conforming structure. Um, the standards for us to evaluate this are much more lenient than if they were requesting a variance, like the, uh, one of the ones that came before. Um, I want to thank the uh, developer for thinking of putting this bicycle uh, public benefit in there because it is, I take note that it is right there on Division Street and it could be a benefit that gets substantial use. Um, hopefully it'll be well signed, so it'll be obvious that it's accessible to public users of the bikeway. Um, and I want to thank the developer for, for doing that. Um, I, I think I was the vo one vote against this last time. Uh, as I look at this and the standards that we need to approve it and the fact the developer has stepped forward with a new public benefit, and the way this is situated really um, right there between the university structure and another multifamily. Um, it's, and uh, this alteration is a modest request as far as I can see, and I appreciate the public benefit they're adding. Do we have any other comments by the board? No, Commissioner Nelson? Um, I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that Dave is in support of this. Um, I will say, remembering that I was in support of this last time, it would be inconsistent for me not to support it again. Um, but I, I, I do feel funny about the idea of like just installing like a $1,000 bike rack and then all of a sudden that feels like, an, like it, if there was opposition, I, I don't have opposition to it, but if I did, I would not be persuaded by $1,000 worth of a, a bike station. Um, I'll just say that. But I, I am in support of this because I, I appreciate adding units in this location. I think it's a good place for it to go. I think, I think that legitimately that was the public benefit, was adding those housing units. Um, so I, I felt good about this the first time. Um, I, I just, it, it feels a little funny about like the bike rack being enough to push it over the top. That's all I'll say. Do we have any other comments? Uh, Commissioner Good. Um, I, I agree with Elizabeth that it is a little 
feels like a stretch to me to call that the public benefit. Um, and I think that you can most definitely make a bike shelter um, without pouring the slab, and it could even have a green roof on top of it. Um, it, it, it. And I just kind of want to mention, too, this is one of these weird things. I think basement units are not healthy in general. <laughs> but it's okay by the building department, so I'm going to vote yes on uh, yeah, the only thing I'll add is um, is I appreciate the, the, the comments I've heard everyone so far today, uh, and I know uh, got into a, a vociferous debate about this uh, last time with uh, my much respected colleague, um, Commissioner Devardi. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I was in support of this before. I do think the bike rack, yes, I agree, it's not a massive uh, a massive investment, but I wrote, I literally on the way here rode that Division Street uh, bike path, which is wonderful, and um, the more people that hopefully start riding that, we're going to need more places to park bikes, and it is a bike pump too, so right. I like not paying $2 to pump my bike tires, just like everybody else, <laughs> so I, I think that's a nice benefit, so appreciate the developer at least offering something. I agree it's not a monumental addition to the previous application, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to vote yes. I could make a motion if you're ready for it. Do we have a motion, Mr. Devardi? Uh, ZBA 22-2013-413 South Division Street. Alteration to a non-conforming structure. The Zoning Board of Appeals hereby grants relief from section 5.32.2, alteration to a non-conforming structure, to allow new habitable space in the basement of an existing <coughs> non-conforming rental structure. The new basement unit will create habitable living space in a six unit, seven bedroom rental home. The renovation project will reduce the number of units from six to four units, while increasing the number of bedrooms to 20. The construction must comply with the submitted plans. Do we have support? Uh, Commissioner Nelson supports, and we'll have a roll call vote. Uh, and this was a second vote on this. We voted once to reconsider. We're voting now to approve or, or not approve the application. Uh, Mike Daniel. Yes. Dave Devardi. Yes. Chair votes yes. Elizabeth Nelton. Yes. Chris Madigan. Yes. Julie Good. Yes. The application passes. Unanimous vote. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Moving on to item E4 22 1289, 3365 Washtenaw Avenue. Mr. Barrett. Actually, uh, Chris Chang from the Planning Department ah, is going to okay. present this uh, petition. Okay, can everybody hear me? Yes, sir. Okay, good evening, Zoning Board of Appeals. As was mentioned, I'm Chris Chang. I am in the Planning Department, and I also do the sign permit reviews. So I will be doing the presentation for ZBA 22-2014, located at 3365 Washtenaw Avenue. 
Uh, Kevin Dieters, Metro Detroit Signs, is requesting relief from section 5.24.5B2, pipe placement and number, to allow two wall signs on the south and west side of the building to exceed the allowed height requirement of 20 feet for wall signs. The applicants are seeking a 10-foot variance to allow the two wall signs to be installed 30 feet above grade. The site, also known as Chalmers Place, is zoned C3 Fringe Commercial District. And, and, and John, are you going to go through the PowerPoint while I describe the slides? Excellent. So here's a zoning map. Uh, as you can see outlined in yellow, that's Chalmers Place. It is zoned C3, that's uh, Fringe Commercial. Maybe the only, it's surrounded by fringe commercial to the, to the east, to the west, to the south, but you can see that there is residential to the north. Next slide. Uh, here is the aerial of Chalmers Place. Uh, it is located to the east of Huron Parkway, north on Washtenaw Ave, and just to the west of Chalmers Drive. This is the blown out version. You can probably see the residential to the north and all of the uh, office and business uses. Again, here's a blow up of the Chalmers Place uh, development that was, I believe, approved back in sometime in uh, like 2000, you know, 2005. Uh, next slide. Uh, this slide was pre presented by the uh, sign applicant. I would probably disregard most of the, the, the signs that are being shown on here because what we're really concentrating on well, from the next slide, yep, is, uh, you can go to the next slide anyway, Jeff. It's really concentrating on two signs, not the blade sign, not the lower signs, not the window signs, et cetera. So this is elevation. This is approximately a, a 16 square foot sign that's above, as you can see from what the height that they're showing, it's above the requirement of 20 feet where the signs must be located. So they are asking for a 10 foot variance on the south elevation for this sign. Next slide. And that's a close-up of the 16-square-foot logo sign that they have on the south elevation uh, that's located, you know, approximately 30 feet above. Uh, and this is the, the Citizens Bank sign that will be on the west side of the building elevation. Again, this one's approximately 15 square feet. And as I think we see in the next slide, you can see that it is exceeding the 20-foot height. And again, probably approximately 30 feet high. You can also see probably on the facades of this building there are windows. Um, which would probably be around where the 20-foot height limitation would exist. So next slide. Uh, again, just a slide of the, uh, of the blade sign that was included in the packet. This is an allowable sign that's at the corner of the building. So we're not really going to discuss the, side or the blade sign. Uh, here's a picture of the existing use at the, at the uh, corner there of, of Chalmers Place. And Signs are taken down for the most part, but you can see in the upper elevation, that's where the logo sign would be proposed. Yep, exactly where, where Mr. Barrett is pointing the arrow. Next slide. Again, on the, the west elevation of the building where the proposed citizen uh, bank sign would go, and this is just looking probably from the parking lot, looking you know eastbound. Uh, next slide. Again, here's, here's uh, what's existing as far as some of the businesses there and the sign, lo the sign locations. 
at the Chalmers uh, Plaza. Uh, next slide. Uh, that concludes my presentation. I am open to any questions you may have. Um, maybe just as a little bit of a background, you know, the, the sign code was, was silent, um, you know, and it was just pre-2020 when we approved the revised sign code. So uh, as part of the discussions that we had uh, as staff with the public and, and with our consultants, that we decided to keep signs within the, you know, the first two stories or 20 feet of the building since we're getting more and more higher buildings in the downtown or at least in the, the Anna area. So we were really trying to concentrate signs in the first 20 feet. Uh, and then if your building happened to be greater than 45 feet in height, you could do signs uh, towards the upper portion of the building. So that's a little bit of background, but I'm happy to answer any questions you have on the sign and code. Does the, any board members have questions? Uh, Mr. DeVarty. Uh Chris, I'm looking through my packet. What are all these Detroit Wing things? Are those? Is that another, a different one? The Detroit Wing Company? Uh, that, I think, was a mistake. I did have a conversation with the applicant, and they weren't sure why those were in the packet either. I, I can only state that we have a new permitting system called Stream, and we're still trying to figure out how those um, attachments got in there. So please disregard those. Okay. Yeah, those are just the wrong sign elevations. It's gonna be the Citizens Bank, not the Detroit Wing Company. Hey, Whoever okay. uploaded the application uploaded the wrong um, elevation drawings, but it is the Citizens Bank. Okay. And then was this the, uh, I'm trying to acclimate myself. So across Chalmers is Paisano's, correct? Uh, yeah, if you're going to the eastbound. To yes. the east. Yeah. And then this, uh, was Elevation Burger in here at one time? Mm -hmm. I believe. I believe it was. Yes. Okay, so I know where it is. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, would the applicant step forward, please? Hey, Chris, I, I, I uh, one oh, question. I'm sorry, I didn't see you. No problem. Uh, quick Mann. question. Uh, did I hear this right, where you said if the building is taller than 45 feet, the code allows you to put the sign at the top of the building, but if it's shorter than 45 feet, the sign can only be 20 feet without a variance. Am I understanding that accurately? That is correct. Okay, thank you. And how, wait, sorry, well, how tall is it right here again, the building? I, it was approximately like 32 and a half feet. Okay. Okay, yep, that makes sense where they want to put the sign. All right, thank you. Do I have any other questions? All right, if the applicant would please step forward or speak remotely. Uh, good evening, can everyone hear me? I my can, name, yes. Thank you. Uh, my name is Paul Dieters. I'm Signs and Lighting, 11444 Colts Avenue, Warren, Michigan. And I want to thank you, uh, Mr. Chang, for, for doing a nice summary of this. So I'll keep it brief, our, our comments and the reasons for the for the request this evening is, as you saw from the overhead, the Chalmers Place Shopping Center is almost like an inverted L. Um, the space that Citizens Bank is going to be occupying um, is significantly set back from the road and particularly difficult for westbound traffic on West Washtenaw because the shopping center extends so close to the road to its east. And what we are hoping for is some relief from the, the variance uh, to allow for visibility 
uh, from the road or better visibility, uh, particularly just with two small signs. Um, the bank is really identified very significantly by that snowflake logo. Uh, they do have a ground sign out in front, but they're one of nine tenants on a fairly small monument sign. And the rate of traffic on Washtenaw, when they have a three inch or four inch high panel, uh, just doesn't offer quite enough uh, time for somebody to identify that. So, and, and I understand the city's intent to limit the, the height of the sign, um, but just the way that building is configured, um, it really can't go any higher because of the windows that are on that elevation. And in other spaces in the shopping center, whether it be Red Wing or the Vitamin Warehouse, have signs that are at the 20-foot level, which would probably be acceptable, but in this case, there's windows there. Um, they just do sort of have the, uh, the highest space within the center. And, uh, and we're just thinking that uh, it would fit that space well. There was a sign there previously before the ordinance had changed, and we're hoping for your consideration to, uh, to allow that uh, for us this evening. Do we have any public comment? Questions? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, questions, questions Commissioner Nelson. We've talked about um, exceptions to the sign ordinance before, and we've talked a little bit about um, sort of tra traffic identifying and spotting the location to, to find it. Do you, do you see the bank as having a need for people to, to see it? To know to get into it. I mean, I, I guess I'm 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 trying to understand it as a destination, and it's probably a little different than a, a retail store. In some in some respects, it is, but in many respects, the, the bank gets a lot of their business and new customers from the convenience at ATM locations and uh, the ability for people to see that logo from Washington is it was a tremendous draw for them when they were considering this location. So I, I guess to some extent, as you may think of bank as a traditional uh, space, but in, there is a lot of impulse uh, stopping that goes in there because of the ATM, and that draws new, new uh, clients for the bank. Okay, thank you. Any other comments, questions? Um, do we have, uh, moving on to public comment, is there anyone that would like to speak? We have no one remote either. Okay. Uh, moving on from public comment. Uh, Any discussion? I guess we're going to have discussion, yes. I don't, uh, as the chair, I'm just going to pipe up here and say, I don't really see an issue with this. It's the space where it can go. Otherwise, they cover windows just to cover to the, uh, you know, to to accommodate the changed ordinance. So I'm going to vote for it. Mr. Devardi, I have a question. Granting this variance doesn't allow them to put any sort of like moving sign or built like. We have a separate regulation for that, right? Like for a video. Correct. Graphic. That would yeah, that'd be an electronic uh, message bo uh, board or electronic copy 
um, type sign, and that's yeah, that's not what's that's being considered for this. Yeah, that's, that's so we're not granting that. That would not be part of this uh, consideration. Okay. That was my one I, I would also add that you know any type of flashing or blinking would be prohibited yeah. and that I typically put on every sign permit that after business hours 30 minutes the sign must be turned off and it cannot be turned on until 30 minutes before the opening of the business hours so I'll put on you know whether the petitioner knows this or not lit signs are required to be turned off after business hours 30 minutes afterwards um, in terms yeah, of yeah. discussion, I, I see this as relatively unobtrusive and far, far enough away. I don't see it as a traffic distraction as much as I, the university's billboard <laughs> over there by the stadium, which is a distraction and I think a hazard to motorists. Um, but the university football department gets to, to do what they want with signs on their property. They're also their own municipality. Well, anyway, I'm, I'm speaking to that, and I, it still sticks in my craw that they can do that and have that uh, moving lit billboard there um, constantly distracting drivers. This is relatively unobtrusive. I can easily support this, but I do want to mention, Chris, you say that signs on windows. I know Burger King and McDonald's put signs on windows all the time that you could see through from the inside but you could see them as the signs from the outside. And, you know, it's technology with signs is amazing what they can do. Um, but this is so unobtrusive that I can easily support this. Commissioner Daniel. Uh, thank you. I, I'm not going to speak to Dave's very full craw right now, but um, <laughs> given where, <laughs> where I'm employed. But, um, but I will say, yeah, this to me is uh, given the where this is located right just a pure uh very busy commercial street where um this is not you know across the street from a home or next to a house uh and it's, it's we've all driven this stretch of washout it's very busy it's sometimes hard to see what you're looking for um, and to me 30 feet given that the ordinance if this were 45 feet it could be as tall as it wants so i'm trying to figure out the the reasons behind that uh, I personally have no issue with it so yeah I'm gonna be voting for this mr. Madigan and I apologize I, I stepped out during mr. Chang's uh, presentation but um, I'm gonna vote against this I don't think it meets even a single one of the variant standards um, I think the hardship that is imposed was imposed by the landowner built the building this way um, I just I understand that they don't want to comply I understand why uh, but I just yeah I don't think it it meets even one so I'm, just, I, I'm gonna vote against it thank you do we have any other comments that was uh, I'm sorry Commissioner Nelson um hearing hearing Chris's opposition to it, it got me wondering um, you know in the same way in the same way that we have structures that were built prior to zoning and we have a lower standard for them it strikes me that um, something like this where the building was constructed prior to our sign ordinance they probably wouldn't have designed this building this way um, if they 
if the if the sign ordinance had been in existence and they had known that there was this prohibition around signs over 20 feet. Um, I'm going to support this just because I think it's unobtrusive, although I am a little bit skeptical about the real need for it. Um, and I think it, it's sort of it's in the spirit of the of the zone, of the sign ordinance. It's because it's not overly large or distracting. Do I have any other comments? Mr. Deverdi. Um, so uh, Commissioner Madigan does raise a good point and I'm, I'm reminded as a stickler who raised the standards that we have for a variance, granting a variance a, on a previous one about the uh, building a structural thing that would house people um, and my trouble with not meeting the standards. And I know, um, and Chris, our staff member from the planning department, I want to address this to you. And this has come up before as we've considered signs that is it really right for us to have this sort of variant standards that we apply to zoning, uh, like buildings through residential, commercial buildings throughout the city is to have the same sort of standards to apply to a, the granting of a sign variance. And this is something we've addressed in the past. Um, and I was hopeful somebody had said, one of the staff members had said, it, well, it's long past time for the staff to look at this and to come up with, and apparently recently you've changed, made some changes in the sign ordinance. But I think it would be really appropriate for the staff to come up with some sort of standards for us to evaluate these variances that are different than the standards we use for uh, other zoning matters. Um, it's, I just would urge the staff to do that and make it easier to, for us to deal with these at the zoning board level. We're volunteers. You, you have staff time to spend on this and it would be great if you guys could come up with something. I'm not asking for a response. I'm just putting that. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I, if you wanted, yes, I could probably give one, but we'll leave it at that. For I'm now. not asking for a response. <laughs> okay. Uh, seeing no other, oh, I have one other comment. Ooh. Commissioner Madigan. I just want to say that's a really great point, Dave. Um, I think strict compliance with variant standards would leave all sign requests, you know, to be denied. And that, uh, you know, a waiver process where either us or the Planning Commission has a, a lighter set of standards uh, would suit this request a lot better and it would probably fly, fly through under those standards. Seeing no other comments, we're moving forward. Do I have a motion? I could make a motion. Mr. Devardi. Uh, ZBA 22-214-2014-3365 Washtenaw Avenue. Based on the following <coughs> findings and in accordance, or based on the following finding and in accordance with the established standards for approval, the Zoning Board of Appeals hereby grants a 10-foot variance from Section 5.24.5B, Subsection 2, 
to allow two wall signs to be installed 30 feet above grade. The signs are to be installed on the south and west sides of the building in accordance with the submitted plans. Do I have support? Well, I want to give the, uh, the following finding. Allowing the variance will result in substantial justice being done. Period. Thank you, Mr. Vardy. Do I have support? Support. For Mr. Madigan. Mike Daniel. Yes. Dave DeVardi. DeVardi, yes. Chris Fraley, yes. Elizabeth Nelson. Yes. Chris Madigan. No. Julie Good. No. Uh, we have no passage on that. We have we've got four four yes and two no, but um, the variance is denied. The variance is denied because we need five. If I'm correct, yes. Thank you, Mr. Dieters. Moving on to item ZBA 22-2017-1301 Morningside, Mr. Barrett. So Chris Chang is going to be presenting this uh, petition this evening as well. Okay. Uh, Mr. Barrett is correct. Uh, Alexis Delio is the planner on this project, but in her absence, I'm going to make the presentation to the Zoning Board of Appeals. Uh, this is for ZBA 22-2017, located at 1301 Morningside Drive. Uh, a Child's Place LLC is seeking an eight-space off-street parking variance for proposed child care center at 1301 Morningside Drive. The proposed child care center is requesting approval for up to 40 children and 10 caregivers, which requires 10 off-street parking spaces for the caregivers per section 19.2 and 15 point, I'm sorry, 5.16.2.B.1B of the Unified Development Code. The proposed site has two existing off-street parking spaces. The applicant intends to establish a child care center at 1301 Morningside Drive a 14,000 square foot lot zone R1C that currently has an approximately 3,000 square foot one story building and two off street parking spaces. A special exception use petition to allow a child care center for up to 40 children and 10 caregivers has been submitted to the City Planning Commission for approval at their August 3rd, 2022 regular meeting. Based on the proposed capacity, 10 off street parking spaces are required. It should be noted that the City Planning Commission on May 17, 2022, recommended approval on a package of amendments to United to Unified Development Code that would eliminate all minimum off-street parking requirements for all land uses, including off-street parking for caregivers at child care centers in the residential zoning districts. City Council passed the amendments at first reading on July 18, 2022. A second reading public hearing and vote is scheduled for August 15, 2022. It is anticipated that shortly after this variance request is considered by the Zoning Board of Appeals, the need for the variance may be moved. I'd also like to note uh, that there are over 25 on-street parking spaces within 250 feet of the subject site. So with that, let's start the PowerPoint presentation. Uh, 
as you can see, it, this is outlined in yellow. It is north of Miller, but it is on Morningside Drive, just to the west of Newport Road. And to the north there is the school, I believe that's Wines uh, Elementary up that way, and Forsyth Middle School. Uh, next slide. Uh, here's a blow up, as you can see, uh, it is zoned R1C. It is surrounded by single family zoning, single family uh, houses in the area. Uh, next slide. Uh, here's a close-up of the house, as was previously mentioned, 3,000 square foot home, approximately 14,000 square foot lot. As you can see from the driveway, it will be leading when we get to the picture up to like the, the carport area that would allow for actually just two legal parking spaces, although there's room for five spaces in that driveway. Uh, next slide. Uh, here we got the, the survey, uh, essentially showing the same thing that was previously discussed uh, of the house layout. Uh, next slide, here we go. This is looking from Morningside Drive. That was the uh, carport structure that was referenced where the, we, you could park cars there and to the left, but, but without maneuverability, we can only count two cars, uh, although five could fit on that driveway. Uh, next slide. Uh, this view is looking south on Morningside Drive. Uh, this is public parking on both sides of the street. Uh, this, for the most part, would be for the pick up and drop off um, where oh, customer, yep. Uh, this, this view is looking to the north. Uh, same thing, parking on both sides of the street where it was previously indicated that they could have up to 25 cars parked uh, near the residence um, within 250 feet. This view is looking to the east. And next slide. Uh, this is looking to the north, that's the adjacent neighbor. Uh, next slide. And looking to the south of the proposed uh, child care center. Uh, next slide. Now again, we're, we're looking across the, the street, uh, public parking on both sides of the street. And, and next slide. That concludes the presentation. We can refer back to any slides you may like to, uh, you know, if you have questions on them, but I'm open to any questions you may have. Questions from the board. Commissioner Nelson. So, um, as I'm, I'm reading this, uh, like a, an off-street parking space for each caregiver so if 10 would typically, there would be 10 caregivers at this site? My if the maximum, yeah, it would, if the maximum number of 40 children uh, were approved at the special exception use. Okay, all right. Huh. How, how are you counting the 25 spaces just on that block? The, the, yes, the street it's, parking. Per, yep, per, per code, the parking must be within 250 feet of the subject site. Okay. Okay. Did I, when I was looking at that, one of the photos from the street, are there sidewalks on both sides of the street or just on this side of the street? Oh, okay, never mind. I, there was one picture where I couldn't see the side. Okay, thanks. Any commissioner comments, questions? Is the applicant here or on remote? 
State your name, you have five minutes. Good evening, I'm uh, Dave G. I'm one of the owners of the Child's Place uh, LLC. And thank you for considering our application. Uh, to, to speak directly to your question, Commissioner Nelson, about the 10 caregivers, the licensing requirements for a child care center, the number of caregivers is set as a ratio for uh, caregivers to children, and it depends on the ages of the children. So for the youngest age, the ratio is 4 to 1. So if we were licensed for 40 children and all of them were in the younger category, then we would need 10 caregivers. And so that's where we came up with the number 10. Now obviously, they're not all going to be in the youngest category. And so the total number of uh, caregivers that we have will be variable depending on how many children were actually in care and what their actual ages were at any given time. And of course, children have this habit of growing up. And so they, they get older and the number of uh, caregivers, the ratio of caregivers changes over time. So that's a worst case scenario is 10. Right. Um, I also want to just note that uh, child care is a significant need in the community. There, are, uh, there is a child care crisis um, in the United States generally writ large and, and in Ann Arbor for sure. We already have many families that have uh, contacted us and have uh, looking for care for their children. So there, the demand, the, the need for child care is out there. Um, also to speak to the, uh, just the traffic uh, that, that might be associated with the, this parking. Um, the child care business, uh, a parent comes in the morning, drops off, and then comes back in the evening and picks up. Um, and so there's some traffic, maybe concentrated a little bit in the morning, but it tends to be spread out. It's not, a, it's not all at once at a specific time of day. It depends on the, the parent's schedules. Uh, to speak to the, the possibility of creating a parking lot here, um, I believe I've put in my materials that if we were to create a parking lot, we would have to uh, basically take away the front yard, which is currently, as you see, grass, and replace that with impervious service. We would also have to remove four mature trees, and at the same time, we would cut down on the amount of outdoor space that is available to, to care for the children, and that is a, a licensing requirement. So it would, uh, to speak to the difficulty of uh, creating a, an off-street parking, it would not be in character with the, uh, the neighborhood and it would uh, really impede the, um, the ability to, to get licensed as a, a child care center. So those are my notes. Um, I'm happy to answer any questions that, that you have. Do any of the commissioners have questions? I guess I'll ask something. Mr. Vardy? Uh, not relevant to my decision on this exactly, but this looks like kind of a creepy frontage on the street <laughs> that I would be hesitant to drop my kids off at. Yes. And I'm imagining you're probably envisioning some sort of site modifications to we, make it more are, welcoming. We are imagining that we would paint a, a nice child-friendly mural on the, <laughs> on the front of the house. How about a portrait yes. of Dave? <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, it's, the previous owners had, had uh, painted the entire structure this kind of industrial beige, and it's, 
it's not not exactly childlike, but yes, that's what we're imagining. Thank you. Any other questions? Thank you for your presentation. We're moving on to public comment. Uh, this is an opportunity for persons to speak for up to three minutes. We'll first call an individual present to address the board, then remote participants. To speak during the public hearing remotely, press 9. If listening by phone, use the raise hand feature if viewing through the web link. The phone access is 877-853-5247. Enter our meeting ID number 938-1648-1007. City staff will select callers that have raised their hand using the last three digits of your phone number or by name if available for those accessing through the web link. You'll hear an automated announcement the host is allowing you to speak. When speaking, please move to a quiet area and mute any television or background sounds so that we may hear you clearly. For either method of participation, please state your name and address at the beginning of your comments. Is there anyone present that would like to speak at this time? Please come up and state your name and your address. Thank you for coming in. Yeah, thank, thank you all for being here. This has been very informative for me. I'm uh, Julie Pfeiffer at 1511 Hillridge Boulevard, so just around the corner from the proposed site. And I want to say, first of all, I do really recognize the need for more childcare and absolutely support um, that. Um, that vision and intent. I think my concern is when I think of a, a business with 10 employees that feels out of sync with this very residential neighborhood and I've been thinking about this over the, the last week since the postcard came out about this meeting and um, you know there are kids playing in the streets in this neighborhood. Um, there it, it, it's it's a very um, it's a very family-oriented neighborhood, and I'm concerned about the amount of traffic and the traffic, not just parking, but moving through the neighborhood. There's not an obvious way. Like, once you get in, you've still got to get out, and I'm not quite sure how the traffic is. I mean, I think, I think that um, both employees and parents dropping off kids are going to end up sort of winding their way through the neighborhood. And I just, I worry about people being in a rush to get to work and the, you know, the toddler who's, who's out um, playing in her driveway. What I, you know, it just, it feels, it feels like a bigger business than suits the neighborhood. So I would really support uh, a smaller child care center in this location. I think that would be great, but I think 10 employees and 40 children is, is just too many cars and too many people. Thank you. Thank you. Do we have any other comments? Is there anyone remotely? Vanda Shadigan, you'll be promoted to the meeting. This is Vanda Shadigan. I live at 1315 Morningside Drive, which is two houses north of the site. Um, I just wanted to point out that north of 1301, the site of the proposed childcare center, there are residential people who live in these homes use street parking, and there are frequently, frequently cars parked there pretty much all the time. So north of the site, there, you know, there are almost no spots available on a regular basis. 
it's just pack a block, right? You know, families come in with their evenings, weekends, but also in the daytime, you know, my neighbor has quilting and parties and you know, there's just like all kinds of social activities, whatever. But anyway, south of that, there are more spots, spots available um, to my knowledge, but to north toward Hill Ridge and that whole corner is congested. Like the a previous speaker said, there are a lot of families with small children and it is concerning um, that people would be parking in the traffic that would come in through the neighborhood um, from any direction to that site. And there's currently very little traffic, so it feels, you know, kids walk to school too and during the school year and kids, you know, there's just, there's kids going to the, up to Forsyth and Wines and they use a pathway cut through that comes up Morningside Drive. Lots of families walk through and with their dogs, you know, throughout the day. So I'm just saying it's, um, I agree with the previous speaker as well, but from a parking standpoint specifically, north of that property, our cars are constantly parked on the street. But I do have concerns about the size, potential size and the amount of pickup drop off and the parking situation. Thank you. Thank you. Do we have any other comments? Step up, state your name and your address. You have three minutes. Thank you, sir. Uh, so my name is John Sloat, and I live at uh, 1235 Morningside, which is the house directly south of the house. And I, I think that, um, I mean, I think there's another meeting about the zoning for the, so for the, for the location. So I'm really just talking about the parking issue, and it hadn't occurred to me until I was at this meeting, but if the property owner is faced with a choice between street parking and um, paving the front and putting a parking lot there. As, as the next door neighbor, I would much prefer it to be street parking, like what they're asking for in the variance. Um, I'd rather have them allowed to be able to park on the street versus having to pave that over and have a parking lot, a large parking lot, or a larger one at the front of the property. So that's all. Thank you very much. Is there other public comment? There don't appear to be any callers. All um, right. Uh, there was one um, uh, comment from uh, one email. Email, yes. Just bring that up. And do I have that? Um, I haven't yeah. seen it. It's it's in the packet. It's right here. Oh, I see it. And I believe that it was a neighbor, and they were. Pretty, they were support and support and weren't opposed. I think it was a neutral comment. And uh, I can't remember, since we've had um, write-in comments, do I read those or do we just accept them at, into just, the record? Just, uh, we have uh, an email from a neighbor, Carl Abrego, um, who uh, lives at 1307 Morningside. Carl Brago and Shamel Kamuri, for the record. Thank you, Mr. Barrett. Discussion? Mr. Daniel. Yes, yeah, so I appreciate the comments from, from the various members of the public. Um, clearly, this is a business that's allowed to operate in this neighborhood, right? That's not what we're debating, uh, whether it's good for the neighborhood or not. The, the, 
that's not within our purview. I do agree with the points of the, the petitioner about childcare being a major, major challenge uh, in this in this area. Um, to me, no one ever wants anything that's going to take up any street parking in their neighborhood. It doesn't matter what it's for. People aren't, you know, I get that. That's natural. Um, I think in this case, um, where this is, to me, there, you know, people don't have a property or sort of constitutional right to the street parking on their street. It's not theirs. The city controls that. And this is an allowable business. I think that um, it's all maybe moot for the next city council meeting anyways, but um, I'm going to vote in favor of this. I think it's, um, you know, for me, the need for more child care outweighs the inconvenience to the immediate neighbors. Commissioner Nelson. I might have a unique perspective on this because I I understood exactly what the petitioner was talking about in terms of the age of the children because I work in a preschool that's classified as child care. Um, the, the worst case or maximum capacity um, concept of four, 40 children and 10 staff I, I think is probably unlikely. Um, and the other thing that I would point to is that we actually have, I, I pulled up a map of it because I was trying to remind myself of what this facility looked like. There's an example of a child care um, facility, uh, Gretchen's House at Mount Vernon, right adjacent to Eberwhite, that is really crammed in in a neighborhood that is a lot tighter uh, than this one. And I, I was looking at the aerial view, and I, I'm pretty sure that the Mount Vernon Gretchen's House doesn't have any parking, or it doesn't look to have any. So um, speaking to the, the neighbor's concerns, while I hear you, um, we, I, there's an example that I saw every day that I brought my children to school where this, this was manageable and it was not hazardous. And in that situation, there was actually a, a much bigger conflict because that child care facility is immediately adjacent to a drive to Eber White School. Uh, I'm looking. I'm looking at this location, and uh, well, the two things that I'm thinking about is first that it's very unlikely that it's going to be 10 staffers, um, and this there is a, a quite a bit more space and maneuver, room to maneuver for families going in and out. And again, likely fewer than 40. I would guess. I would. I, well, I mean, I guess I don't know the business model, but I mean, it's it's highly unlikely that it's, this is all going to be infants. Um, I, I'm inclined to support this, only because of my what I know of these businesses and what I know of um, the one that was that's in my neighborhood that that functions quite well in a neighborhood like this. Mr. Devardi, um, I have a question for our staff member, Chris Chang. Um, so we had one thing pulled because of the changes upcoming in uh, parking regulations or that would make this moot, uh, what's before us. Uh, is, but the people, this petitioner, I think, wanted to proceed because they're up for a special exception use. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's, that is accurate. And just for clarification, a childcare center in a residentially zoned neighborhood, single family, is not a by right use. They will be going to the August 3rd Planning Commission meeting to get a special exception use to allow 
uh, for a child care center in the neighborhood. So it's not, it's not something that is allowed. It's got to get permission and approval at the August 3rd Planning Commission meeting. So I would uh, respectfully direct um, neighbors who are concerned about this use of the property that that might be the most appropriate way to raise their concerns, whether it's creating more traffic or dangers to other uh, children in the neighborhood or whatever their concerns might be, that would be the appropriate venue to raise those concerns. Um, so I'm going to limit my uh, comment to uh, the parking, which is what's before us. The, I'm probably the biggest stickler that we should enforce our parking uh, requirements. It's concerning to me that we're about to do away with them. I've seen the impact of new development and businesses on parking in neighborhoods. I live in a near downtown neighborhood over by Burns Park. Um, I've been in situations, I've seen situations where people use residential permit parking that they get installed in their neighborhood um, to restrict uh, commuters from just parking up the whole neighborhood. So I've seen a lot of these issues with parking. Also, I'm, I'm swayed by the fact that this is moot, potentially. I mean, normally I would vote against this because I think we should enforce these parking regulations. <coughs> but I'm almost wondering why, why is it even before us? I, I wish the, I understand the petitioner wanting to get this resolved, but why not wait till after the special exception use hearing? Um, you know, almost to be consistent with my previous uh, votes on parking requirements, I feel like I have to p vote against this. Um, you know, if it's, if you're going to change the policies, if the city in its wisdom is going to change its policies, fine. But they haven't changed them yet. So probably I'm going to, unless somebody can sway me uh, with some persuasive argument, I, I will probably vote against this, but I'm still up in the air a bit about it. I do want to say to the residents, um, my kids went to a daycare, community daycare center on Westminster at Henry in a residential neighborhood. It was a great setting, a great childcare opportunity. Uh, subsequently, long after he attended, my son became a staff member there and also worked at the day camps that they ran in the summer at Allen School. Um, it's these are wonderful places, and if, if there was a, somebody that wanted to come on my block over in Burns Park and put in a child care center, I would probably find myself going and speaking in favor of it um, because these are the kinds of things we need, and I think they're, um, they're really an add to the neighborhood. They don't detract from the neighborhood, and that activity of those children and families I see as a benefit to a residential neighborhood. I know you've already got Wine School there and Foresight School right there handy, um, but it's 
I, I would just say to the residents there that have concerns, think about this as a potential great benefit for you. But at the same time, the par on the parking issue, which is what's before us, I th unless somebody can give me a reason to vote for it, I'm going to end up voting against it. Commissioner Nelson. Um, I, it occurs to me that I actually live equidistant to two Gretchen's houses. The one on Mount Vernon is nestled in a residential area, and then the Gretchen's house on Stadium Boulevard is backed up to a residential area. And my observations are that child care facilities that are adjacent to residential areas like this, they do attract a lot of people walking. Um, and so I would not presume that everybody bringing children to this daycare center would even be driving. Um, I would be really hopeful about many not driving. Um, I know I have neighbors who push their kids in strollers to the Gretchen's house on stadium. Um, the preschool that I work at, many of the families walk pushing strollers. Um, it, this, this is just real, I, I feel like these kind of opportunities to tuck things into residential neighborhoods are opportunities we should take advantage of. Uh, I would much rather have a location like this than you know, somebody driving down Oak Brook to bring their child to a child care center that is just completely surrounded by commercial. Thank you. Commissioner Madigan. I just want to echo Dave's comments for the people who came and spoke tonight. Um, I know they were certainly heard by us, uh, but the kind of the, the bigger decision on the use is definitely the August 3rd one, and I think that's more pertinent for your overall comments about the use, the intensity, how it's designed, things like that. Um, if I had a vote on a special land use for this use, I'd vote no, um, but we don't. So uh, as far as the parking goes, um, I'm going to support it. I think it's kind of silly to make them put a 10, 10 parking space unit out front when I can't even guarantee that there's going to be 10 employees there and there's ample street parking, uh, I'm going to support it. Do we have any other comments? If so, do we have a motion? I'll make a motion. ZBA 22-2017, 1301 Morningside Drive. Based on the following findings and in accordance with the established standards for approval, the Zoning Board of Appeals hereby grants an eight parking space variance from section 5.16.2B1.B for the proposed child care center. Proposed vehicle parking space reduction from 10 required spaces to two parking spaces. I'll support. We have support, Mr. Madigan. Uh, Mike Daniel. Yes. David Vardy. I wish I didn't always have to vote second. Um, <laughs> well, then let's I, start at the bottom and go up. <laughs> Julia Good. Yes. Chris Madigan. Yes. Elizabeth Nelson. Yes. Chris Fairley, the chair votes yes. Mr. DeVardi. I should vote yes because that won't make any difference. Yes. We have the motion passes. 
Thank you for coming before us tonight. Ah, moving on to unfinished business. Do we have unfinished business? Seeing none, we're moving on to new business. Do we have new business, Mr. Barrett? No new business. Do we have communications? Just the one email. Okay, very good. Um, do we have any public comment? Do I have an motion to I'm sorry, go ahead. There don't appear to be any callers at this time. Very good. Thank you, Mr. Barrett. Uh, do we have an motion to adjourn? So moved. We have a movement. We to move to uh, to adjourn. Uh, all those in favor? Aye. 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 All those opposed? Seeing none, we are done this evening. Thank you.